Have you ever come across an odd myth, strange story, weird history, or something that just made you scratch your head and say to yourself, you know, I'd love to know a little bit more about that. Well, you're in luck, and you're in the right place listening to the right podcast, because this is the story of... Welcome to this week's episode of the Story of Podcast. What's up, fellas? Uh, this week we got Dr. Mike and we got Mr. Bill. What's going on, guys? What's up, dude? Come on, brother. Yeah, how you guys doing? All right. Living the dream, yeah. man, every day. Living the dream. For those of you guys out there uh, listening, Joe is still alive. Uh, he just works a lot. Um, so that's why we haven't heard Joe in quite a while. But he, he will be back with his bro, his bro science at some point. Um, so, so, uh, all, all the, uh, the Joe fans out there, uh, do not, uh, do not fret. He's still around. Joe, we love you. Um, so this week we're, we're going to take a look at, we decided to do inventions this week. Um, and you know, not necessarily inventions that change the world. I think there's a lot of shows out there like that. You could, I, I don't know. I mean, we were all free to pick whatever inventions we wanted. Um, so, you know, that's fine. Uh, but I think, you know, we just kind of settled on inventions whether they were fucking really big inventions or, you know, really small. So we all uh, decided to take a crack at two of them. So we're going to go in two rounds here. The first round, we're going to talk about uh, 19th century inventions. And then the second round, we're going to go up to 20th century inventions. Um, And we'll take it from there. We'll just kind of see where this thing goes. All right. Uh, I think we decided what, uh, Mr. Uh, Dr. Mike, you you decided you're going to start us off. Yeah. Sir, whenever you're ready, I can go. I'm ready, brother. Let's do it. Right. Let's go. All right. So, for we decided we're going to do uh, 19th century, 20th century. So, the one I picked first um, is actually a very interesting one. And what it is, and I feel like it's a very dark topic. Mm. But, so, it's the, a device that indicates life in a buried person. Oh, and shit. What I got, wait, wait, what? You mean like like indicate that after someone has died or supposedly had died, um, it's an invention that they came up with that you can indicate that there's still life. The person that's buried, so somebody that could possibly have been buried alive. All right, yeah, there you go. Can we pause this for one second? Uh, You're referring to a safety coffin. Uh, I don't know if it's considered a safety coffin. We're gonna have, we might have to collaborate on this, Mike. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> there is no pausing in this. Then we fucking go. Let's we go. may have to collaborate right, with we, this, we Mike. We are fucking recording. So what Fuck I got yeah. here. Okay, what do you so got? So I actually got a copy of the patent for it. Uh-huh. It was patented in December 5th, 1882. Okay. Um, by J.G. Kirchbaum. So let me backtrack a little bit. So the whole reason why is medicine wasn't as advanced as it was nowadays in the 19th century, as it was in the 19th century. Um, so there was a lot of fear, especially because the length of life was much shorter. People were dying at these younger ages. And people were also feeling that at times, maybe people were being buried alive. And... Some, this guy came up with this design to just try to be able to save somebody's life if they were 
intentionally buried alive. And well, medical science was obviously right. It's the eighteen hundreds is not uh, what we have today. today. Yeah, so you know, someone with just a, a very very low sounding heartbeat, right? There's there's no monitors, right? There's no electricity monitors that you can hook up to actually see. If, there's no such thing as a flat line at that point, right? right. Exactly. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Like that's got to be the most. I mean, really. Other than being eaten alive by a shark, that has got to be the absolute worst fucking way to go, I think. Right? You know what I mean? I agree. I read that. I'm like, this is fucked up. Like, you go oh, to God. sleep and, like, you, you, you know, you don't feel well or something like that. And you wake up and, like, you're fucking coughing. Like, hey, what just imagine, fuck? like, imagine you were really sick, like you had the flu or something. And next thing yeah. you know, you wake up in a fucking box. <laughs> or you ate, you ate too many quaaludes. You know what I mean? Oh. And you wake up, like, four days later. And you're just right? like... What the fuck happened? You gotta understand, <laughs> I mean, modern medicine wasn't the way it was, you know, as it is today. And, you know, people fucked up a lot. Yes. That's what happened. <laughs> and the and way... The, medical the, training the, either. You know what I mean? Medical training wasn't what it was and, and, and medicine in general. While I, was, while I was doing my research on it, I, I came to the conclusion that it had to have been grave robbers that started noticing this shit. Like, how That's else are you going to know? people got that people got buried alive you know what i'm so saying really i never thought about that how do you know that this is a problem exactly you know what i mean you're not unless you're opening up unless you're opening up coffins and you're seeing like nail fingernail right you know uh, uh claw marks and shit i'm vaguely from there's there's a story of that that they they dug up a coffin of a person that they supposedly thought who passed Mm -hmm. They found scratch marks inside the coffin. You know, that also associates back in, in the, also in like Slavic culture that goes back to, uh, you know, uh, stories of the undead. That also goes to stories of vampires as well. So, I mean, the further back you go, obviously this wasn't, you know, just a phenomenon that only took place in the 19th century. Um, and the further back you go, right, the even medical training gets even worse and more limited, limited to the scope of what they have the ability to learn uh yeah you know absolutely that's that's yeah i i am aware are you guys aware of another um they they used to hook up a bell do you ever did you read it uh, that's, that's, the, that's the one i did the research on oh nice okay. I called it a safety right, so, coffin yes well yeah this is yeah. they called it like a safety coffin as well um but if you it, hold on let me go back to that way you guys can see the picture of it again if you look at it and on the inside of the coffin you see how his hands are positioned almost like on a periscope that's what I was thinking. Like, it's almost like a periscope in a way, right? You can turn it inside, and I guess that would allow airflow into the actual coffin. And he could yell. still live in there. Yeah, um, and be like, hello! You know what I, I mean? Think. Like, give me the fuck then out of here! To, then you just have to starve to death. That's it, yeah. <laughs> so this is, what I th this is my thought on it, too. <laughs> so the fact is, if you have this device set up, for a person, or everybody had this. Imagine this was the way of life. Yeah, this is a norm. Uh -huh. I think what happens is when, you, like you said, grave robbers. When people are in a place that it's alone, it's dark, it's eerie. What happens? Your mind starts to wander. Mm. Fear sets in. Yeah, they're thinking that they're hearing sounds, hearing voices. Think about it. Any, you could walk into the woods, close your eyes. Spin your around ten. We, we can bring you into the woods. Put a like cover you up. You can't see anything. Spin your around ten times. Sit on the floor, and then in ten minutes we tell you to take it off and find your way out. 
will freak out. Yeah, you're right. Fear will set in because you don't know where you are. You don't know your surroundings. Am I safe? Am I in danger? How am I going to find my way out? I think that's what really started a lot of this, that people feared dead because they didn't understand if they were hearing sounds or not. Yeah, hearing yeah, you're right. Scratching. I, I wonder if it was somebody's parent that was somebody that was alive that was so afraid of death and this happening to them that decided to come up with this invention or this was happening so often that they had to invent this. Like, think about how often this must have happened for them well, to be yeah. like, you know what, we gotta fix this. It's the same concept as why, you know, what they have on the warning label, don't use a toaster in the tub. Fucking idiots were making toast in the tub. You know what I mean? Like, every warning label... Have you ever tried tub toast? (laughs) (laughs) They fucking called it tub toast. (laughs) What would you say, Mike? He he said, have you ever tried tub toast? (laughs) Tub toast. Dude, that would have been something that we did in your apartment when we were growing up. (laughs) (laughs) Only when White Rabbit peaks. (laughs) (laughs) Only when White Rabbit peaks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, for those of you out there, we used to hang out at Mike's apartment. Mike was the, Mike was what eighteen and had his own apartment. 17, um, what was that? Seventeen. He was seventeen. I apologize. Mike was seventeen, had his own apartment in high school, oh, and I mean that was just godlike at that it was time. Fucking amazing. Um, it was fucking ridiculous, is what it was. Because you were what seventeen, so that means I was what fifteen or sixteen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was bad news, man. Yeah, <laughs> but that definitely, in fact, we stole a coffin and, and brought it into Mike's apartment. <laughs> oh, shit. I know. Oh, I I'll never forget that, that night. <laughs> he was pissed. <laughs> uh, but it was but my yeah, neighbor's was... coffin as a Halloween decoration. <laughs> I remember you motherfuckers <laughs> strolling in and like, look what we got. It was, it was fucking huge, dude. It was a, it was a life-size coffin. It was fucking massive. It was, it was like six foot. I wish, huge. I wish I was in the right state of mind to grab a picture of you motherfuckers dragging a coffin <laughs> into my apartment. I, I remember, dude, of all the shit that we used to do in your apartment, you never really got mad, which was really cool. But that night, you were fucking pissed. You were like, get it the fuck out now. Like, yeah. dude, Because I knew, God forbid, my neighbors would have freaked out. My landlord would have freaked out. Of course, man. Imagine I mean, in the morning, like, coffins, like, hanging out my door. Like. <laughs> you had, like, adult shit you had to worry about. Yeah. And I do remember something along the lines of a giant spider, like a real giant spider. It was, yeah, it was, like, it was a huge spider on the inside. Because think about it. This thing is outside. It's dark. Yeah, Anything can fall into it. Yeah. In October on, in Long Island. Well, you know what I mean? So it's fucking cold. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, but, but back my, to the my, safety yeah, My bad about that, Mike. No, it's all good. <laughs> I think that was Bill's idea. Definitely came was... from my cranium. <laughs> I think that was the one night that Joe was there, too. <laughs> Listen, it's, it's like a blur at this point. Yeah, that was... Uh, I think she was, was commemorating a lot of those nights. Yeah, Black House. All I remember is Black House. Uh, that, Black was, House. that was a fucking problem. Black House was a fucking <laughs> problem, for sure. All right, but back to the safety coffin. So, um, yeah, I mean, for real, they're, they're definitely... The fact that there was a need... To create this and and multiple variations of this particular yes. safety device too is terrifying in itself, right? And, and like where they had multiple people like trying to solve this problem um, mm-hmm. is fucking terrifying. Like that's that's not okay. And, and I know this invention came out in the was it the eighteen hundreds, right? Yeah, eighteen eighty two is when the patent was submitted to the government. All right, so the handles were connected to a periscope device. Uh, a dial visible above to the surface revealed the movement. 
Imagine you're walking through a graveyard and you see this fucking dial just moving around. I don't know if I would. Right? <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> That's <laughs> terrible. They said like it's got to be made of wood, I imagine, right? Yeah, of course. But they also say that the handles could be pushed upward to allow airflow into the coffin. Jesus. So, which then has to allow for voices, a voice to come from the coffin out, right? I mean, it has to be able to project a voice. So, theoretically, if every, if every grave had one of these, could they not? And there was multiple people. Like, couldn't they all talk to each other? That's not, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, hello? <laughs> hello? Oh, God. Imagine oh, is that you? It's a graveyard just full of voices. It's muffled. a fucking conversation oh. happening. What the fuck? That would be amazing. Wow. You know, we could actually, we should, we should just like, we should do that. Like, we should just create that for a Halloween fucking like prank. You know what I mean? Like, that, that would be a periscope on the front lawn. Uh huh. Uh huh. I just fuck with people. And like, you could set up your own haunted house. You know what I mean? And put graves, you know, in your yard. Right? <laughs> that would be. Ever see the videos of the two like um they'll, they'll call two like a Domino's and a Pizza Hut and they'll have them talk to each other and they'll be like hello this is Domino's and they're like hello this is Pizza Hut and they're like well, what are you looking for and like well where are you being you ever see that imagine no like, two, no you never seen that they'll oh, they'll have like two Chinese restaurants like they'll call <laughs> them at the same time and then like let them talk to each other and then they'll get really confused and pissed off at each other and, like, hang up and like curse each other out and hang up. Imagine like walking through and hearing a conversation between two co- people in two different coffins and like what's, so what's yours like in yours? Well, it's pretty dark. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, mine too. <laughs> it sounds like a Monty Python skit. It, it does actually. It sounds like a terrible Monty Python. Like yeah, man. Like. I'm fucking freaking out, Phil. Phil, it's all right. Just, just breathe, man. Just breathe. We're gonna get through this. We're gonna get. Can we get Phil a little help, please? <laughs> He's starting to freak. Uh, Is it raining? I think it's raining. There's water in my mouth. That's not water, Phil. That's the image of it. Just is so haunting. The fact that you have this periscope, which you can still connect to life. You're six feet underground. Oh my god. Just imagine, With- even if there's someone found you, you're now waiting. You gotta wait to be I'm dug out. Yeah, out. that is gonna take a long time. Yeah, that's do. You, do you start like, do you start like whistling like that? That would like what Always do you do? Always look on the bright, bright side of life. life. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd be the perfect song to sing, right? Show me the way to go home. <laughs> uh, I'm tired and I want to go to bed. Oh my god! Yeah, I just can't get this this idea of multiple people talking to each other <laughs> out of my head. Just like very interesting. Or, or imagine, imagine like you wake up next to an ex girlfriend or something. That would uh, suck. Uh, uh, <laughs> and she sounds like uh, like that really annoying, you know, Italian chick. Was that like Chandler's Chandler's girlfriend yeah, from yeah. like Friends? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Like really annoying, Francine Somebody, you know, like Fran Drescher. <laughs> then they would just plug the hole back up. I was gonna, I would just close the air on mine. I'm like, yeah, close the air back up. Plug it. I wasn't making it out. Yeah, I had the one with the bell. I didn't have the one with the with kaleidoscope. You said periscope. Periscope. <laughs> so how did the bell work? Better if it had a kaleidoscope. Was the bell very intricate, or did the bell was it? Was it literally just a it string was, attached to a bell? It was, a, it was a string that went down to your to your fingers and they tied the rope to your fingers and all you had to do was jiggle your fingers and it would alert above 
Imagine that rope breaking. That would be terrible. Wait, <laughs> was it connected like in like a little pipe that went up? Yeah, the it- way uh, the way I saw it, it was like it was a box above your head, right? So it was like a one by one box that was above the head part of the coffin that was was tall enough to protrude out of the top of the ground by about a foot. And in oh. at the top of that box was the bell. So the bell was connected. It would go straight down and then would go directly over to your fingers. So if you woke up, all you had to do was jiggle your fingers. So this was like an extension box that was on top yes. of... It was an extension extension box off the coffin. Holy shit, man. Like, yeah. and dude, what year was that patented in? That was around the same time, to be honest. It was right late wow. 1800s. So, so around like the 1880s, they were just like, we've got to figure out this whole problem of burying people alive thing. I guess, and I guess there was like a race to like who can come up with the better contraption to imagine being like, but, but fun like, race to be in. Like how I said, put, though, like, how, how, like being the guy to have to come forward and be like, yo, I think there's something fucked up going on here. Well, what makes you say that, John? Well, the other day I was digging up bodies. And uh, I noticed that when I lifted up the coffin, the third one I opened up had the same exact scratch marks as the first one I opened up. <laughs> you know, it's like I started well, a sense of pattern here. Was, you know. Something was something was afoot. <laughs> but like, I wonder what the R and D you know stage of this is. You know what I mean? Like, what's how does like how does the test run happen? That's yeah, true. It, like any invention, you have to you have to define that there's a need for an, an item to be invented. Absolutely, hundred percent. Oh, yeah. That's the first part of an invention is is there a need for what I want to make? Yeah. Is, is there a niche that people can use? Is it affordable? Is it is, is there a market? Practical? Exactly. I mean, <clears throat> practical and affordable. Yeah, hundred percent. I think uh, either one of those, I couldn't have been crazy expensive. You, you know what I mean? Like. I, it's a, it's, it's, it was all wood, so I mean, it wasn't like it was you know made of steel or yeah any, anything else that would withstand like a hundred years. Like I mean, Herschel Walker said it. We've got a lot of trees, you know. So I mean, <laughs> funny, funny material to make it, you know. <laughs> from what I understand, from what I've read, and from things that I've looked into, I mean, they've had they've had cases of this happening up until like in other countries because uh, other countries like more poverty countries, poorer countries. They they don't have they don't bomb their 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 dead you know they mm-hmm. die they put them in the ground and there are still cases going on like of this happening yeah absolutely you know and it makes me think of like the Slavic countries yeah yeah and one of the cases that I had read about it was over in I think it was I want to say I don't think it was India but it was in one of those it was one of the countries around India the guy had a dream that his wife was calling out to him. And it bothered him so much that he went oh, and she no. and she but she wasn't she was encased in a wall. She wasn't under the ground. Like, like a mausoleum. Like a mausoleum. And so you meant like when, you were in the wall, like in the living room. I'm thinking like the cask of Amontillado or something. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you love this kitchen. I'm just gonna bury her in the wall in the kitchen. <laughs> I used to love her, but I had to kill her. <laughs> yeah, Guns and Roses. So he, he felt so passionate about what, it, what he had, you know, the experience he had that he, he broke down the wall and she was, she had only died like two or three days before and she was still alive, but she was, she, she it had, it had gotten to the point that there was almost no oxygen that, that by the time they got her to the hospital, she died again. Oh no. 
Yeah. So I mean, that's terrible. Like he experienced the death of his wife twice. Like that's twice. fucking. And, wow, and I don't. Man. Yeah. Yep. I mean, so, I mean he it, it's... Her. if he hated her, then it's okay. Then you know, yeah. I mean, like, like ching, <laughs> you know what I mean? But you know, if not, yeah. it's awful. You know, yeah, like double the life insurance on that. I'm just wondering. Yeah, how does that's that work? That's a good point. <laughs> I wonder. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't know. I was reading an article the other day about cryogenics, right? Freezing people. Um, and uh, or I think this is it's a little different than cryogenics. This one's called cryonics, I think it is. Um, but long story short, they, they, they I'm reading the article, and then they 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 kind of throw in there at the end that the way that the people pay for it is they sign over their life insurance to this company. Um, so when they die, they, the company just collects the life insurance, and then they freeze the body. And it was like, there it is. There's the fucking catch. <laughs> like, ding, ding, ding. There it is. Like, fucking, there's the scam right there. Like, fucking well played, sir. Just, it's all good. Sign me over your life insurance. You're not using it, you know? And well, then, well, think, I mean, you guys both have kids. Did any of them come? Did you, did you get any of those, um, you know, anything from the hospital or any for anything from the fertility places asking you if you want to freeze the umbilical cord? So this way, yeah, for um, the cells that they use. What the fuck are they called? Stem cells. Thank you. Stem cells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Stem cells. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they scare the crap out of you. They really do. I would Look, if I had the money, I would have done it, to be honest with you. Stem cells are fucking... I agree. I agree, but I'm saying their sales tactic oh, is yeah. to scare the ever-living shit out of you about it. Mm-hmm. That's like when we, we, we they, they got us for uh, six hours in one of them fucking... Uh, Timeshare? Timeshares, yeah, man. They had Dana and I in a room for six hours. And, uh, yeah, man. And each like they they passed this on to like three different salesmen. But we by the time we got the third salesman, he was like, "Fuck you!" and he was yelling at us. And uh, and then we were like, "No, we're not going to do this." And he was like, "The door's right there." Hey, like, Whoa! What the fuck? Did you, man? Did you get your golf cart? We got the we got the gift card. Um, it was we went to Disney World. That was the only reason why we went to Disney World is they were going to give us. Uh, they gave us free room and board, but we had to sit for that thing for six hours. So we did that. Uh, and we got the card, and we got uh, Red Lobster afterwards, and we ate a lot of <laughs> with wow. it, so that was all right. Yeah. There you go. Um, all right. So there we go, the safety box. Uh, would you guys, we'll, we'll move on to the second one. We'll go on to mine. Um, my first one is, is from the 1800s, so I'll start it off with this. All right. Ralph Waldo Emerson once advised, you build a better mousetrap, and the world will be a path to your door. Um, one J E Bennett of Fredonia, Texas. He took that shit to the next level in also 1882. There was some crazy fucking shit happening in 1882, which happened to be 12 years before William C. Hooker's 1894 patent of the spring loaded trap, uh, mouse trap that we are all familiar with today. Right? So if anybody out there, that mouse trap that we have with the little cheese, right? And, and the spring shit, that shit's been around since 1894. Um, which is pretty impressive, man. I mean, that's a, you know, that's a patent that has, uh, stand, you know, stood the test of time, you know. But Bennett w- w- was certainly, we'll say, trying to pull the trigger on his own mousetrap uh, market there. Uh, he was definitely trying to blast the competition. Um, oh, my God. Oh, yes. I know where his you go. Idea, his idea is patented in 1882, and it is patent number 269766, uh, and it is passed on 1826-1882. It's pretty simple. Uh, you've got a wooden baseboard with three vertical posts. 
Uh, there's a metal spring connected to a lever uh, that goes up and down. And this lever has a rod that goes back, right? And that's the trigger, right? Um, and in front of the trigger is where you attach the bait to, okay? Uh, once the bait is disturbed, the trap is sprung. Now, the trap thus far does not sound like much, right? Until you add the second and uh, most important piece to it, a six-shooter revolver. Um, that's right, a fucking gun. <laughs> so, oh my god. This revolver sits on the three vertical posts aimed at the bait trigger. Once the bait is removed, the metal lever uh with the rod, which the rod is set against, um, then moves the 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 trigger, right? And thus uh the fires the weapon into uh, a hole. So the idea is it you set this up, you set up this mousetrap uh to kill burrowing animals. So if there's like a little burrow on your property or whatnot, right? You just set this thing up. You put it in front of the burrow hole so that whatever it is will come out, take the bait, pop right in the face, right? Pow in the kisser. Um, and so as I, you know, as I said, the idea is to kill burrowing animals, right? As stated by Ben in his patent. Um, so you set up the contraption at the opening of the burrow hole and then you wait. The nifty part, if you think about it, it's got a built-in alarm, Right. Uh, so you know when your your trap goes off. So now you know when to go check out uh, to see what you got, right? See, but Bennett though, Bennett's he's he's playing on a whole nother level of this dude. He sees this as a multi-use product as well, which he also states in his patent. According to Mr. J. E. Bennett, this invention may also be used in kitchen with a door or a window, as to kill any person or, or thing open the door or the window to which it is attached. And, um, so, you know, he was not only trying to corner the market on, on, you know, mousetraps, uh, but Mr. J. E. Bennett was also trying to corner the market on the first fucking, uh, home alarms as well. So he took, you know, the second amendment and, and, and brought that shit to the fucking frontier and, uh, was trying to shoot, uh, mice in the face, uh, with a six shooter revolver. So that is, that's my 18th century invention. I thought that was fucking awesome. Um, I think I went with it. Yes, that's what she said. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, I, I just liked the absurdity of, of shooting a rodent in the face with a six shooter revolver revolver from 1882. You know what I mean? I mean don't like, you just need a one shot of that? <laughs> I was just going to say that, man. I love the fact that he went with a six shot. <laughs> Why, why do you need six shots? He was not fucking around, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, a little overkill. I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it, look, it could be a big fucking jackrabbit. You don't know. Um, you know, but, hey, it, it, I just, the, the, the absurdity of this is what got me. It's what drew me to it um, was just how fucking ridiculous. Now, I've seen some of the size of the rats in New York City, and you know what? I bet you they could probably use that there. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, but this dude, this is Fredonia, Texas, in 1882. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? So we're not yeah. really talking the same. You know, we're we're, we're not in the same neighborhood. So he was just ahead of his time. He's a genius. <laughs> Does it not go with everything's bigger in Texas? I mean, really, you know, like Very it kind of personifies that bumper sticker pretty well. You know, not only do we kill mice, uh, but we shoot them in the fucking face. Um, Did you, you find know, out like, what was the caliber on the bullet? Uh, twenty-two. You could use a twenty-two. I actually saw. I watched a video of a guy that built it himself, really? and he used his own six-shooter. You know, uh, twenty-two. 
Um, I at first Is he from Texas. Yes, yes, I believe so. Um, <laughs> when I first great grandson. <laughs> uh, when I first came across this, I read it, and one of the names for it, and and I think maybe this was just uh, a nickname as somebody was just having fun because. Uh, the more I thought about it, uh, no way. Uh, it was called the 50 caliber mousetrap. There's no fucking way uh, that you're getting a 50 caliber um, on this thing. That 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 shit goes through a brick wall. You know what you I mean? You grease spot. What were you going to prove? You wouldn't even know if you got it. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a, a rocket launcher to it. <laughs> I mean that's that's a bear trap at that moment. You know, like that's not. You know, yeah. Next step is the, is the grenade mousetrap. <laughs> <laughs> you're absolutely right yeah um yeah so i i just like i said i like the absurdity of the uh the 22 we'll call it the 22 caliber uh mousetrap um That's and where some dude really kind of was just like oh i think i really need to wish i could just shoot that fucker when it comes out you know what i mean and like just mm-hmm. builds this stupid contraction or contraption and uh but you know i don't know i i mean i've set those normal mouse traps before setting that mouse trap is pretty scary. You you know what I mean? Like setting it and you're putting it down. Oh, oh, so slightly. And, uh, and, and, and terrified of that thing going off and, and, and clamping my finger. You're setting that other, this one with a 22 has got to be even worse. It, you know what I mean? Like that's gotta be fucking terrifying because you, you fuck that up. You lose a toe. Um, you know, it's, it's still you know, like, it's like some serious doctor bills. There, there's some serious medical challenges there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, and that that's my 18th uh, century. I'm sorry, 19th century uh, invention. Short but sweet uh, to the point, and uh, and I can't think of another pun. Joe's joke is <laughs> a little better than with than I am with the puns. So that's mine. It's I feel like I've seen that actually done in a Tom and Jerry cartoon or like a. Well, I was gonna say it, it's it's like, like Wiley Coyote. Coyote. Yes, yeah, it's, it's like Wiley Coyote came up with a fucking yeah with Acme, right? It's it's the Acme mousetrap from Wiley Coyote uh, to the Roadrunner, um, and it clearly shot Wiley Wiley Coyote in the face. Of um, course, had to. It's only logical way for that cartoon uh, that episode to turn out, you know. <laughs> um, logic people, you know. Mm. So that's that's my nineteenth century. Um, are, are we mm. moving up to the twentieth century? Are we? All yeah. right, so hopefully, hopefully, you guys all did different ones. That would be cool. Um, yes. Yes. So. I hope so. so I mean, Mike, if we all got the same stuff, it'd be even crazier. But I would actually. Don't you snipe cool. me, Mike? Don't you snipe me again? All right. Do you want to go first <laughs> this time? Because uh, you know, yeah, no. Bill, go first. Bill, go first. Yeah, go first. So, do you guys have you guys ever heard of uh, Project XA? That's it. I'm on. No. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> this. All right. Get so, out of my head. this project. Uh, came out, I want to say it was the, it was about the 50s, 60s. I don't have an exact date of when it came out because it took um, 20 years to develop and about $15 million in funding to uh, figure out what this project. And what it is, is it was a cigarette that was created by a legit Myers company. And it was said to have about 87% less carcinogens in their cigarettes than regular cigarettes. It was basically a healthy cigarette. Kind of like vapes nowadays. Yeah, you know, and <laughs> so they um, they decided to bring this product to market. And the second they brought it to market, it the shit hit the fan because it was, it was basically saying that 
XA was removing all the deadly carcinogens and also trying to, it was saying that other cigarettes were deadly. And the tobacco companies that, weren't ready oh. to admit that. Oh. They were not ready to admit that. They fucked the whole industry. Well, they turned around and they told them that we will sue the shit out of you and bankrupt you if you try and even market this. Don't even tell wow. anybody about this. So the XA project, the project XA was scrapped and you didn't hear about it again until the big tobacco companies got sued in the 90s and all this documentation started coming out about it and they were at, they got drilled about it and asked you asked them why they fucking why they snubbed it and they just they were like, I don't know, I was back in the 50s. I don't know. And basically. And the, but thanks to but thanks though to the result of those trials. Um, they started having to have to label their products uh, deadly on the side of the boxes. They had to mm. stop marketing to children. Um, it, they had, they had uh, what else? They had to also provide support for any anti-tobacco company program uh, programs. And they, they had a 25-year period to pay $246 billion back. Now, I don't know who or where that money went to. But I just know that. So um, yeah, so there was a there was a point in the fifties where the cigarette industry could have really turned everything around and started saving lives rather than taking lives, and they decided to snub that out. Yay for capitalism! Yes, and that is Project X A. Wow! Don't let um, ethics get in the way of a dollar bill, sir. It's amazing wow. how they, they tried to silence it, and, and they were so knowledgeable of how bad it was for you, yeah. mm-hmm. far back in time. Yeah. And Dude, they, they had commercials at that time of doctors smoking, mm-hmm. and they were like, you know, like, Camel is the only uh, brand that I'll ever smoke, you know what I mean? Camel filter mm-hmm. list, that's the only way to go. And, like, yep. dude in white coat, like, that's... Do you remember, what, do they, they don't sell filterless cigarettes anymore, do they? Uh, I, I feel know. like you could probably buy camel filterless. Shots used to smoke them all the time. That was did, like his, and and Lucky Strikes. I'm sure they still have them around as well. Yeah, you know for the, the, for the real hardcore. Yeah, the hardcore smokers out there from like Wyoming and shit. Those guys probably still smoke those things. I mean, yeah, but, the guys that still roll their own fucking cigarettes. That too, you could do yeah. that. You know, what I mean? that was always the cheaper way to go. But I'm curious, like, could that be a viable option today? This this carcinogen less cigarette could they could they fucking sell that? Well, to be honest with you, I mean the cigarette industry is really just going down. I mean, do you it see is. any new? Sm- I mean, there, are there kids smoking cigarettes outside of high school anymore? No, they're all into you their. Know, it, it's weird. I do every once in a while. I will I will smell a student that does smell like cigarettes, but at the same time, I don't know if it's them or they're being dropped off by a parent. Right, that that mm-hmm. may be smoking in the cars. It's a very big possibility too, but. No, they're all vaping now. Everybody's vaping. Yeah, they all they all have vape circles uh, yeah. in the bathroom now. Um, I caught a kid vaping in my classroom uh, like two years ago. It was it was ridiculous. Like I was sitting there, I was sitting with one student, and all I hear is, and I was like, "What the fuck is that?" So I turn around, and the kid goes, and then this little bit of smoke <laughs> comes out, and I was like, "Are you fucking vaping?" And he's like, "Oh," and I was like, "Get out." <laughs> Get out of the yeah. fucking room, dickhead. What the fuck is wrong with you? So, yeah. But, you know, 
I hate to say it, but when we were in high school, I so would have been vaping in class, you know? So that was my uh, Project XA. It was short, sweet, but it was a little bit of a mind blower. Well, that one had ramifications, right? That has long-lasting or long-term ramifications attached to it as well. Um, you know, it, it could have been could have been much better for how many families lost people, right, due to yeah. lung cancer and shit like that for a buck. I wonder what it was that they were trying to put into these cigarettes. Because there's, I, I was reading something the other day about how they're trying to remove nicotine from cigarettes. Hmm. There's some, I think there's some bill or there's some initiative that they're trying to get to go through by like 2025 to remove nicotine completely from cigarettes. I know that they're moving to remove menthol from yes. cigarettes too. Yeah. They're going to try to ban menthol. Yeah, I knew about that. Which, I don't know. Look, man, I don't smoke anymore. Um, I got a problem with that. I just feel like that's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, if you're going to go down that route, you might as well just ban alcohol again. I mean, for real. You know, that's, I don't know. That's just my my two cents on that one. You know, people that are vaping. I mean, I don't know about where you are, Smith, but you know, in New York, like, they're not allowed to um, put any sort of flavoring anymore in the vapes that they sell. Like, people would be smoking vapes and they're like, oh, this is Captain Crunch. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, they, they don't allow that in New York anymore? Yeah, they, I think they banned it in New York. So what's the quote-unquote flavor? Then what's the juice then? There's no it's flavor just... anymore. It's flavorless. Are you serious? I'm pretty sure. I mean, I don't God. think. But... That's like make, trying to make everybody use a condom. That's terrible. <laughs> fuck, man. <laughs> like put a fucking condom on your tongue and eating a piece of steak. <laughs> the fuck? I mean, literally what they're trying to do, <clears throat> excuse me, they're literally trying to deter people from smoking. Yeah, they're trying to make it as unenjoyable as possible, so then why exactly. even do it? You know, right. and like, I, I mean, get it. Like, you know, back in the day, you know, you can go into a restaurant and sit there and eat dinner and then smoke. And then we yeah. created smoking sections. Well, that was, you know, there were smoking sections when we were growing up. You go to the fucking diner and would you like a smoking section or a non smoking section? Yeah, smoking you know? or non smoking. And it was, didn't make a difference because no matter where you were in the restaurant, you smelled it anyway. You know what I mean? Like, it was whatever. Or even um, the fact of people smoking on airplanes. Yeah. Yeah, smoking in a tin fucking box in the sky or a tin cylinder in the sky. That's fucking mm-hmm. safe. Right? That's that, that safe. was a yeah, fucking brilliant idea. Um, yeah, no, down here, it, it's still, you know, uh, vaping. I mean, I think vaping hit its peak. I think I think even vaping is going on its way down. I don't think, I mean, there was that, they, they were, they had like vaping fucking championships. I don't know if you guys ever saw the YouTube videos, like they were <laughs> cloud championships. And I mean, it was, it's almost as bad as air guitar championships. Um, but like, yeah, like they were, you know, vaping had its, uh, uh, I think it's, I think it's heyday is over. Um, that's just my opinion. I don't know how much longer I think it'll, it'll become kind of, it's a novelty, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. Let, uh, let me, let me go next. Cause I feel like Mike's is going to be a lot better than mine. Mrs. Morris thinks her toddlers have a right to a place in the sun. So an out-of-this-world surprise awaits little Sally, who feels she's been given the brush-off. So from now on, it's high society and life in this penthouse for her. What is this delightful, this delightful advertisement for? Hey, a, a, a pretend rocket ship, you say? Uh, a playhouse apartment for uh, a youngster, you suggest? Uh, maybe even a child-sized mink coat? Uh, no, sir, not even fucking close. Uh, it is an outdoor hanging baby cage. 
That's right, folks. It is a fucking baby cage made of chicken wire meant to hold a little baby as he or she gets some well-needed fresh air uh, while being suspended precariously off the side of a building. (laughs) Now, 1930s London uh, didn't exactly have a lot of front or backyards, right? There's not a lot of, uh, you know, leisure areas for the people in the city. It was crowded. And, you know, honestly, really, who, who wants to take their kid for a fucking walk, right? Am I right? Originally, um, this patent actually comes out in the United States in 1922 by Emma Reed. Uh, it obviously didn't take uh, it didn't take in the states. I can't imagine why. That was a woman with postpartum depression. I think so. Yeah, and so, but at this time period, and this kind of actually goes back to what you guys had said um, with the bell. We're going back to medicine, right? Um, and even in the 1920s or so, in the 1930s. They thought that just fresh air itself would be a deterrent to getting sick, would, would just keep you healthier. Um, and I'm sure that there's not, you know, I'm sure that there's, that's probably, it's got to be evidence to say breathing fresh air is good for you. You know what I mean? Um, but I don't know if that's going to necessarily keep ailments uh, away. You, you know what I mean? But what's crazy about this this story is that this fucking thing actually caught on. Like, these cages became popular in london they were like all over the place the cages were distributed to the members of what's called the chelsea baby club who have uh no gardens and they lived at the top of high buildings right um and so they just like allowed people to have this and not not to be now riding this wave of baby roulette even further though is london's east poplar borough council which offered to attach the cages to the side of the tenements for their patrons as well. So like, you know, we're, we're, you know, you come, come rent out a beautiful apartment in this tenement and we will even uh, attach a, uh, a baby cage for you if you need it. Thanks to the, uh, the Poplar Borough Council. Uh, you're welcome. Do you guys have any idea why this baby cage fell out of popularity? Can you think of anything? 1930s London. So you're saying it fell out of popularity. I said, you mean by a baby falling out of <laughs> Boom! Nope, no pun intended. Uh, nope, that would not be it. So, what'd you say? It was the 1930s? 1930s. Why do you think hanging babies outside of a window kind of lost popularity? Um, I'm going to say there was a lot of industrial revolution going on at that time, so there was a lot of smoke and crap going up into the air. So it You're wasn't as safe. Uh, they got rained on and it got really rusty, and these things were not as safe as people thought. I mean, there's a. I'm sure there's a slew there, there, of reasons. We could, go, we could have an old, a whole episode on why this is a bad <laughs> idea. Well, I'm not asking you guys why it's a bad idea. I'm asking you, what was it specifically that people were like, eh, maybe I'm not going to put my baby in the cage today? I think I I got it. I got it. Babies outgrew the cage. No. (laughs) That's a good idea, though. I like that. I do like the idea of the the unsafe air, but that really defeats the entire purpose of what the whole (laughs) fucking was meant for. but you know you think about the rain in london how how often how many days a year can you put the Rains baby all out? The time. yeah right uh, yeah. um no they they realized their babies were not safe during the nazi blitzkrieg of world war ii oh, that makes it 30s yeah that makes sense yeah 1930s until the early 1940s uh you know what i mean and so i i thought that I was like wow yeah the babies aren't protected from the luftwaffe that makes sense. The Nazis will kill your babies if you put them in cages outside the windows. You know, whoever thought that that fucking line would actually be true or make any sort of sense. You know, don't put your babies outside the window. The Nazis will get them. That's crazy. <laughs> terrible. That, crazy. that should be like on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that make sense. 
Uh, <laughs> we made this the real podcast. Don't put your babies out the window. The Nazis again. <laughs> oh my god! Now, what I think is really interesting about that was whoever came up with the invention itself. Like after World War Two was over, you think he was like. You think we have a chance to revive this at this point? They need fresh air now. Yeah, to be honest, man, that's not a bad idea. You could you could do that nowadays and just like have kids playing fucking video games from inside the cage that you know what I mean? Just hook it still <laughs> into their room, you know? But you, at least you get the kid outside, right? That's true. Make, Mom says to go outside. Sure I can't play video games. That's it. Just put the PlayStation remote. Make sure, you know, it, the, the Wi-Fi would get mixed it outside of the Outside of the window. You go, yeah. you go to retrieve your baby and it's sucking on the head of a fucking pigeon. Get that thing out of your mouth! What are you doing? <laughs> fucking pigeons clucking at... Oh, oh. Clucking at the baby's head? <laughs> oh, what the fuck, oh, man? What a terrible idea! What a yeah, terrible well, idea! But what if, like, literal Nazis would actually steal babies from outside your window, though? Like, that would be terrifying, too, right? That would be like the the warriors, right? The like the little fucking the neo Nazis, the fucking what are those? The dudes on the on the bus, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, oh man, those guys were. I have a question scary. though. If that was a thing that you had to worry about them stealing your baby, we're, we're all fathers. Mm-hmm. Would you want to take anybody else's kid? Because I know I sure wouldn't. No, no, <laughs> one's enough. We're trying to make another one, but you know that's you know that's just, I'm not stealing it uh, from somebody. It's else. another one, I, easy kidnapping. You know, it's just very. You get a couple of wire snippers, and guess what? I got a new baby. Yeah, I mean Lindbergh would would have some words for that as well. You know, yeah. that wouldn't. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I thought. Um, I think, and you know, again, I think I, 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 what struck me or what stuck out to me about that particular one um, was the, like I said, the absurdity of the 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 pictures like there's if you look up if you go to youtube there are actual tv i i I gotta look into the time frame but there are actual audible commercials for the baby cage that you can listen to that were legitimate like they were real that people actually heard and listened to and if you go to youtube and you type in baby cage commercials you can listen to them in fact that part that i read in the beginning was a direct transcript uh, is a direct quote from a baby cage commercial um, about uh, little Sally uh, wanting the penthouse life. Oh yeah. So God. they were like, you know, legit fucking yeah. Mrs. Morris. Um, Amazing. Yeah. They, they were real. You got to tell me nobody's got their baby out there during the winter. The baby accidentally freezes. I mean, it's a bad sure. idea. It's a terrible idea. <laughs> what, you know what I mean? Like you've what, you, not for nothing, but what happens, you know, you got a parent, you know, maybe he's got a little bit of a drinking problem, a little bit of a drinking issue, right? <laughs> a substance abuse problem. And, you know, passes out and fucking little it's, Billy. It's the, yeah. You're frozen. Little Billy. We got a Billy pop, you know, and um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the equivalent yeah. of leaving your child in a car. Yeah. Essentially, yes. Yeah. You know? Well, think about it too. I'm sure sunscreen wasn't a big thing. Oh, no, those babies were sunburned. We're fucking like tore apart, man. I mean, that's just <laughs> so many. So many. Teddy's got a little sunburn today. He was tanning. Oh he fell asleep in his cage. <laughs> Teddy, little Teddy's got third degree burns today, um, and and it's it's in like a pattern of like a fucking fence. Oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> cage, and it's got peck marks on it's his like, head from pigeons. It's like it's fucking grilled. Uh, yeah, grill marks. You know what it reminds me is uh, what is it? Police Academy with Captain Harris. Yes. Dork. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, dork. Dork. 
Dork. Oh my god. Oh, man. These babies okay. they, these babies look like they were 50 years old by the time they were 5. Yeah, but I mean imagine you 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 grew up but you finally grew up from that generation back like, well, when I was younger my mom used to put me out in a fucking cage. <laughs> now I got my fresh air. You know, far, you right down out of a high-rise building in a cage. <laughs> 72nd Street up in the Upper West Side. <laughs> View is amazing. Yeah. I'll never forget it. That's the memoirs. <laughs> fucking people, man. We're we're terrible. We're terrible species. All right, Mike. Um, what you got, up? man? What is your twentieth century invention, sir? Right, well, this this one I uh, I kind of dove into. I really wanted something that was going to be like this is interesting. Oh, so, I don't know if you heard of this guy before. He's an inventor. Uh, his name is Thomas Edison. Mm, um, he was a I dick, actually. To... Can you spell that? that? <laughs> Edison was Edison was a dick. Yeah, he was kind of an yeah. asshole. He stole things. Oh, oh, we'll, we'll, a lot of, yeah, we'll a lot get things, into yeah. that. A lot of things. <laughs> so he killed a lot of elephants too. Yeah. Yes, he did. Okay, sorry. Continue. Oh, um, I decided I was like when we started the topic of inventions. I said, well, I want to go the route of some a famous inventor and what disturbing things did he try to create? just never took off or they may even said it was his worst like idea ever I like that okay it's the, the wizard of menlo park right where he went wrong okay right. so what we have here is thomas edison's spirit phone 1920 he had an interview with the american magazine and they asked him what he's been up to what is he working on mm. he said quote i have been at work for some time Building an apparatus to see if it's possible for personalities which have left this earth to communicate with us. Hmm. I was like, wow, that's really interesting, that's, right? It's out okay. there. Very, very intriguing. I'm like, okay, interesting. I want, I want one. Right? <laughs> then I go further back and I see, lo and behold, an old friend of his, a name of Nikola Tesla. Aha! Tesla, Edison versus this, Tesla started this little experiment, and he called it the crystal radio. It was powered by electromagnetic waves, and he built it in 1901. He said that the signals that he picked up were so unnerving that his scientific mind could not help but think of ghosts. Hmm. He wrote in his diary, and I quote: "The observations positively terrified me." There was a presence in them, something mysterious. Not to say supernatural, I was alone in my laboratory at night. So after that, he really freaked himself out and said, I'm not touching this. So he, all right, so let me clarify. So he, he Tesla in 1901 builds this, this thing, this apparatus. A crystal radio is what he called a it. A crystal radio that he calls it that is powered, powered by electromagnetic waves. Yes. That he says not not necessarily a supernatural, but produces some sort of I guess sound, right? I guess that is or or uh, if you you can actually find uh, like videos on YouTube okay. of the, the sounds that he heard. And this is called the what the crystal? It's called the crystal radio. And that it, it, it terrifies. I mean, literally used the word terror. All right. Now this is, if I'm not mistaken, this is when Tesla works for Edison, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. What year was okay. this? this what year? 
1901, when he was actually um, working on this project in particular. When Harry Houdini heard about this, he must have been flipping his shit. He fucking probably lost his shit about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. Mm -hmm. So in 1918, that's the next time he really started to mess around with this device again. And this is um, Tesla, yeah? Tesla. So he said, and I quote, sounds I'm listening to every night, the first appearance to be a human voice conversating back and forth in a language I cannot understand. I find it difficult to imagine that I am actually hearing real voices from people out of this planet. There must be a more simple explanation uh, that has Aliens. so far eluded me. Aliens. <laughs> the interesting fact behind it, and was discovered obviously later on, um, he said the type of radio that he was using was a um, was only capable of picking up low frequency radio signals from unseen sources such as electrical storms, atmospheric disturbances, and household appliances. So he's picking up electromagnetic frequencies as well with this. That's wow. That's interesting. And now you can go and hear it. You can actually listen to these things. Yeah, yeah. Because people have gone back and tried to essentially recreate. We'll get there. It gets really interesting. Well, hold on, real quick. I just got a quick one. Now, Smith, you're you're a ghost hunter. Mm -hmm. What kind of equipment do they use currently to this day to pick up those types of things? A spirit box is what it is called. So a spirit box, and that's immediately the, it's what I thought of. And I'm actually I'd like to get one. Um, a spirit box is really really interesting. So what it is is it's made of uh, it's a it's a FM. No, I'm sorry, it's an AM radio. Essentially, right? What it is. It skips from station to station to station to station. It goes, dut, 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 right? And if you've ever listened to a spirit box, are you guys familiar with them? Have you ever heard or seen them? I've heard of it. I've never listened to one. All right. So what it essentially does is by skipping through these AM stations, these static stations, it'll pick up voices, random voices, and you'll hear random words. And it's almost like a voice speaking into the void almost. You know what I mean? But they have been tend they tend to answer questions. You, you know what I mean? Like, you know, is there is there any, you know, what is your name? And you'll hear it go dot 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 dot. And you'll hear it's a weird kind of eerie, echoey type of voice. Like ba 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 ba. You know what I mean? And it's like fucking weird. So yeah, yeah. It, it was it, really it, good. It was really good was, with the way you just did that. I thought that I was impressed. Yeah. I, I practice. I, I do. I practice a little bit. Um, but if yeah, today's standards, that's immediately what I thought of was what, what would be called a spirit box. So yes. Okay. All right. So awesome. again, again, I'm sorry. Now comes the part. Edison learned of Tesla. His thoughts about this invention. And of course, what does Edison do? Gotta get me some of that action. You fucking steals it, <laughs> prick. Exactly. So now you're thinking about, think about the time. What's going on in 1918? World War I. Huh? World, well, World War I is ending, right? Right. And think about what else is going on. And the hint is, it happened not too long ago. Do we... Still in the middle of living through right now. Oh, oh um, talking about the that's the uh, Spanish, flu. Spanish flu, the Spanish flu. Yes, the Spanish flu, yes. which which shut down the world. Yes, right. absolutely. We did. A, I did a little bit about the Spanish flu because what happened was this is where we were talking about how inventions. Someone has to feel that there's a need for something. A need for something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where can this fit in? So during the time, which was the Spanish flu. Uh, it's an estimated that 500 million people were infected over four different waves 
and the virus leading to seven it's an estimated 17 to 50 million people passed away over a two-year span and it came from kansas not spain <laughs> i know that's the best part so with a large number of people dying think about it, you have all the people that passed from world war to uh, world war one and after that you now have all the people um yeah who passed away from the spanish flu Dude, that's a crazy amount of death. Right. In yeah. a very short period of time. So they yeah. so and, they and, took I mean, their target their target years. was people who were mourning. Yes. Well wait. Uh. And and this is where it gets even more interesting. Because of the large number of these deaths and all the loss that's occurred, it really led to the rise of mediums and psychics. Which then Harry Houdini, as you mentioned before, really goes after. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's a, that's yes. a very interesting topic. That mm. is. That is great. That was a great one. Oh, I'm not finished. I got more. Oh, keep going. Oh, I, got a I hope more. not. I was, I was deep in this. I was really yes. good. Because this, this is fucking interesting. You got me, bro. You hooked me. Yeah, well done, man. Well played. So the other, the other thing that we don't really know about too much is about Edison and Edison's belief. Edison was uh, agnostic. He did not believe in religion. He didn't. He was very much a critic of the seances being held by mediums, mm -hmm. that were so popular at this time. The spiritualists. Uh, yes, he did have spiritual. He did believe in spiritualism. Mm -hmm. We're going to get to that too. So now Edison, I guess they published like a memoir of Edison's. Um, I guess some of his inventions, some of his work, some of his notes. It was published, and the name of the book was Diary and Sundry Observation. And the last chapter in the book was about spiritualism. And it talked about the work he was doing on this spirit phone. And the family was so against it. They were so, they didn't want to believe it. They didn't want, to, they didn't want that to be associated with his name. So in later editions of the book, they actually removed that whole chapter. Because wow. they didn't want that attached to his name. Wow. So Edison wow. winds up dying in 1931. And one of the things that he was working on prior to this... Okay, so Edison was actually planning on continuing the work as he started back in the 20s. So at this point in time, he's working with a man named uh, William Walter Dinwiddie. And he, they discussed about how whoever passes away first to continue the work and the research on the project. This guy actually winds up passing away very quickly in 1920. Mm -hmm. And there's no notes ever in Edison's memoirs about the fact of whether or not he continued working on it and if he ever did make contact with him. So then with Edison passing away in 1931, everything kind of got left to the side. A group of researchers claimed... Edison had reached out to them during a seance in 1941. Hmm. During this seance, Edison's spirit allegedly shared plans for building the spirit phone. He spent the last 10 years of his life essentially working on We don't really know because it's, a, it's all disappeared. Yeah, there's no... You can't really find a lot of information on it. You hear all the stories, you can't find any of the work. And I wonder why that is. Like, I wonder if he was... If he knew, like, that sounded batshit crazy. You know what I mean? And that if that, if notes were, you know, he, yeah, he's got a reputation uphold, you know? That's it. Okay. What's his name? Edison himself was agnostic. His family may have had of, of a certain belief where they didn't want that out there. Or somebody yeah. came along who had a certain belief was like, 
no, this goes against my religious beliefs. I got we got to make this disappear. Yeah, but you know, though, I mean, it, there had to have been something to keep him moving forward, though. You know what I'm saying? Like they, I, I like I, I, I'm not like what experience did he have that was like. I'm 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 all in. Like, let's fucking do this. Fucking some, I, I tell you, some fucking Alistair Crowley experience. That's what he had. So I, I want to share this little part with you first, and then we can get into like that our discussion. So the last part of it. So he reached out to this group of inventors, and apparently this group said that he gave them instructions on how to assemble the machine in a effective way to be communicating with the dead, better than the invention that Edison had came up with. But this group puts it together. And they wind up building it exactly the way Edison says from this seance on how to build it correctly. It doesn't work. What? That's how that story ends. This is terrible. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Well, damn it. Like, I'm really kind of upset about that. Right? It's like such a dud of an ending. They plug it in? I told you. <laughs> Maybe that was the problem. They didn't plug did it. Did they turn the it on and, and then turn it, it back? Did they turn it off and then turn it back on? <laughs> Should have stuck with the uh, the tub toaster. Yeah, <laughs> I told you in the beginning that Edison was a dick. Oh, <laughs> you know what fun. I mean? Like, there's there's no way Edison would have allowed somebody else to get that credit for his 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 invention. There's no fucking a very way. interesting character. Well, you know, Edison, he's got so many patents to his name, but what? Many people don't realize this. He had a factory of people working for him that were literally inventing shit that the, he then put in the patent office and got credit for. Tesla being one of them. Yeah. <clears throat> so he was kind of a dick. You know, it took mm -hmm. a lot of people's credit. And, and that's one of the reasons why Tesla left and was like, yeah, fuck this guy. And then Tesla tried to come up. I can never remember if Tesla was doing AC or DC. I forgot. I, I had him memorized the day. One's doing AC, one does DC. Yeah, Edison trying to get the power uh, contracts at the same time that Tesla was, and so Edison was like, "No, no, no, uh, Tesla's um, his his voltage, right? His current uh, was too dangerous, and so he brought up an elephant on stage and used whatever I think it was AC that 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 Tesla was using and fucking electrocuted the elephant and fucking killed it like on stage and was like, "See, it's dangerous, you know? Like what an asshole! Like fucking mm -hmm. what a dick! Damn!" I thought was interesting about it was the fact that he did this later in life. I think we all kind of do this as we get older. We look for reasoning. We look to see mm. that the end really may become. Is it really? Year. Is it really the end? Right. Is it the end? Is there life yeah. after? You know, there's a lot of, and I don't want to get too religious about it, but there's a lot of people that they're not very religious or spiritual, and then as they get older become very spiritual they very yeah. religious they got to go to church every sunday like oh i gotta i gotta get Why my time to in now. i know it's coming close this was his way of kind of connecting to his religious beliefs and spiritualism yeah um and that, i mean that if you think about it that makes sense because as you get you know i don't know i mean look we're all we never none of us know right so we could all be all of us could be close to the end tomorrow right but i guess you know as you get up there in age yeah you're going to start to think about your own mortality for sure, you know, and um, is there a way to get back? And that kind of goes back to the cryogenics, right? With the cryonics that we were talking about earlier, you know, Ted Williams, um, 
I think, um, what's her face? Paris Hilton is also signed up for it as well. Um, I wish that they would just take her a little early, though. Uh, but yeah, it's the Might idea. Be a fan of the show, so if she is listening, we don't really mean that. <laughs> you know, it's funny. She's going to be cryogenically frozen, but like to her, everything is hot. That's hot. You know. Um, but you know, yeah. Like I don't know, man. It, it it's yeah. I mean, I personally. So I I went to a medium over the summer. Okay, my wife and I we did a a, a psychic medium in Vermont. We were up there and. My mom, you know, we passed away in 2019, and um, and so you know, big thing is we're trying to right, contact my mom, and that was, you know, I've I've always been into psychic mediums, and so was my mother. We used to watch uh, Crossing Over with John Edward all the time, like that was our show. Um, and me and my mother had a had a promise to each other. We were like, yo, whoever goes first, we gotta like, yo, we gotta tell the other one, like, fucking come back, right? And so like that was the promise that we made to each other. So anyway, we go to the psychic medium, and um, so we get them excited. All right, cool. And the guy's like, uh, hmm. And he's like, all right, you know, he does this thing where he's just like, mm-hmm. okay, okay. So who are you here to talk to? <laughs> I was like, um, you tell me. Yeah. And he was like, well, I mean, look, you know, we'll just um, we'll save you a little time. Uh, why don't you just tell me everybody's name, and uh, and I'll tell you what they say. And we were like, are you are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> who the fuck is this? And it it ended up being like as as the. It, as as great as it was when they finally built that device and pressed the on button and nothing happened, that was about as exciting as this fucking psychic reading was. Um, it was pretty fucking awful. And for um, somebody that's going in there looking for answers, you're just completely disheartening them. Yeah, you know, it, it hasn't... I gotta be honest, it, 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 I don't look at psychic mediums any different. Um, just that guy I won't get a reading from again. Okay. You know what I mean? I've I've seen readings. My brother got a reading, a pretty crazy reading. My mom, when she was alive, got uh, a crazy, crazy ass reading. I'll tell you from who it was in just a second. But it was spot on. It was pretty crazy. This this particular psychic was, I mean, knew her shit. And it turns out that psychic was Teresa, the Long Island psychic, the Long oh, Island yeah. Medium. Yep. It was her before she got really popular and really famous. So my mother actually got a reading from her before she became well-known. And my mom was like, that fucking chick was dead on. Like, lack of a better term, no pun intended. She was on-on, you know? Um, and my brother got a really, 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 really good reading, too. And my brother's not really even into this type of stuff. He doesn't really, does not subscribe to it. He's, he's a very much a skeptic. Um, and he walked away like, damn, like that's pretty fucking crazy. But yeah, anyways, this guy inside, uh, it wasn't, wasn't a good, uh, psychic reading. So if there are any, um, anybody out there listening to the show and you are a psychic and you want to come on the show and, you know, give some readings or some shit, we'd love to, uh, love to have you on. Um, so that would be cool. So the one thing I think that's interesting about mediums, if you, next time you ever go do it, Mm -hmm. record it. We actually we did. What you have to realize when you do it is you're really feeding them information. Mm -hmm. They're just kind of jumbling it up and kind of tossing it back at you just a little bit at a time. They're hitting on certain points that they know is going to strike chord and emotion. Except unless there is someone who's legitimately has a a power to do this, which I believe that there are people out there. I, I believe Teresa of the Long Island Medium, I honestly believe, especially the shit that she was telling my mom, I believe 100% that 
that there was there's no fucking way she could have known half the shit. And I know everybody says that. There's no could have that. Um, but I I think there are there are people that do have that skill, hundred percent. So I, I'm a huge fan of of Howard Stern. I love Howard Stern. I love mm-hmm. listening to him. I listen to every minute of his shows. He talks about there's I f- I forgot the name of the actress that he's he shared a, an interview with her, and in the interview. He said, you know, hey, why don't we share a word? What we can do is whoever passes away first, we'll both know the word. And if you, I'm going to go to a medium or anybody, we can connect to each other by this one word. Nobody else is allowed to know the word, just them. Mm-hmm. He's invited everybody and anybody. Please, I beg you, come in. Tell me that word. Not one person's ever gotten it. And that's kind of like along the same lines when we went to this, this medium. It was obviously, like I said, my mother passed away in 2019. So that was, and my mom and, and Dana were best friends, right? Um, obviously, my mom and I were very close. So that was, you know, like if someone was going to come through, you know what I mean? Most likely, and nobody. Um, but I, I, like I said, I do believe that there are people out there that do have the skill. I just don't think I have gotten a reading from them yet. Maybe one day I will. That would be nice. So I got to go about build myself a crystal fucking radio and a spirit phone <laughs> and get a spirit box. Check out the, the videos of it, and yeah, I just looked it up on YouTube. It has it has it up there and has a demonstration on there. Um, yeah, check like that they out. show you like them trying to have like a conversation with mm-hmm. it. And I mean, it's probably picking up on something. It could be picking up a cell phone signal. Could be. It could be picking up on so many different things. And I truly believe a lot of it is whatever you want to believe that you're hearing or seeing, mm-hmm. really all in your mind. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier about people being buried alive and the fear. Yeah. Wanting to know what's going on. But I will tell you, though, man, I did a ghost hunt while I was up in Vermont, man. And we got some shit. Like, and I've got that on tape. Like, I've got that whole fucking thing on video. And we got some shit. Like, there was some shit that happened that I can't explain. And I'll just leave it at that is that I can't explain it. Uh, what it was, I don't know. But it was definitely something I could not explain and something that I have not since then, in the the multiple ghost hunts that I've done since then, I have not been able to replicate at all, uh, which is interesting. Well, we'll you know, I'll I kind of leave it at that. But yeah, some of it. You're absolutely right, though. I, I do believe that there could be. Look, we have the ability, I believe, to want to see something and want to hear something so bad that we will yes. allow it to take place in any form. Um, you know what I mean? That that whatever it may be. Sure, absolutely. Um, I'm not going to dismiss, you know, dismiss that either. Uh, you know what I mean? So I think, uh, I think we did a very good job tonight, gentlemen. I think our inventions came out good and we're at about, uh, an hour and 17 minutes into the episode. So for an episode that we thought was going to be real short, we, uh, we tacked on over an hour's worth of, uh, information here. So, All right. There you yeah. go. Well done. Awesome guys. Um, as always, gentlemen, thank you, uh, for, for taking the time to, to come on. I, I do like this new lineup. It's pretty fucking cool. Um, to Joe and to Mark out there. We love you guys. Joe, you know, quit being fucking responsible with your fucking job uh, and uh, and stop it. So with that, guys, I'll, I'll leave the mic open for Mike and Bill. You guys can say your goodbyes. Everybody have a great time. Thank you so much for listening. Sounds good. Bill? Yeah, thank you, guys. This was great, and uh, I can't wait to do it again. Yeah, awesome. absolutely. And for Smith, goodbye uh, to all of our listeners out there. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, Hope you're enjoying season two. I know we are. And please follow us on Twitter at Podcast Story Up and find us 
and subscribe and like and give us five fucking stars. None of this three-star bullshit. Give us five stars, subscribe. Um, Stay out there, stay yourself, and stay weird.